Hi everyone, this is Toriano, also known as 90210. Welcome to Cinema Review. Uh, we're here with Elijah Boxhill. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Elijah. What's going on, guys? Uh, it's my first podcast here, so uh, thank you guys for having me. Um, tell you guys a little bit about myself. I'm uh, from New Jersey. I'm pretty young. I'm 19. Um, I love movies. Uh, I'm a big fan of the MCU, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what uh, a lot what we got to talk about today. So we can uh, uh, start off. What do we got to start off with? Uh, we're going to start off with the Hawkeye show today. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on the first two episodes today? Uh, I thought the first two episodes were actually really good. I thought uh, Haley Steinfeld as Case Bishop was amazing. Um, very comic accurate. And even every iteration of Kate Bishop is just, she portrays it so well, just the attitude and the uh, relationship she has with Clint Barton uh jeremy renner plays such a good role as well yeah um, i really love the chemistry too. that they showed especially in the trailer um they really showed significant chemistry throughout those first two episodes i'm really really interested to see what they do going forward um just the dynamic that they have it's kind of like a buddy cop type of ordeal um i really think they can continue to show us how they've developed that. And you can just even see it in, you know, the press releases and the interviews that they do together, just the chemistry that they have is very significant to see. Yeah, I think the uh, chemistry they have is great. I think it really shows that uh, that Clint is really just like, kind of like the guy just doesn't want to be doing this, but he has to. Yeah. Very, very taking that... Uh, underwhelming mentorship role yeah it's taking it to the next level oh yeah um what are your thoughts on it taking place after shang chi which we just found out today um i think it was uh i think that's great for the story to be honest um i think it gives opportunity for Kate Bishop and Clint Barton to meet all of these new characters. And uh, I would really like to see them all meet in the future, uh, whatever film that would take place in, whether it be a new Avengers movie or a mashup movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very, very excited to see what they do as far as the next Avengers lineup. Um, we're going to see, you know, a different level of chemistry than we're used to. Um, you know, it's going to be like, a whole new Avengers movie, really, in all honesty. Um, just seeing all of these new faces come together and uh, try to make this thing work. Whether we see a ton more Avengers, um, whatever returning Avengers that we see. And uh, it could be a really, really big roster if we're lucky. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to there being a larger Avengers roster. I always thought that they... Uh that they needed more than six heroes um, to really capture what the Avengers are about. And uh, I think they're actually going to do that now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Did you have any highlights on the first two episodes? Uh, Yes, I actually did. So um, we start out in uh, episode one um, in 2012 Mm -hmm. and with Kate uh, Bishop, Derek Bishop and Eleanor Bishop, which is uh, the parents to Kate 
And we see that they're living in a penthouse, obviously. Um, Derek and Eleanor are very wealthy. And the they're in the middle of the attack on New York. So their apartment gets bombed. And while she's waiting outside, while she's standing there looking, she sees Clint Barton. And that's where her fandom starts for him. Mm. So in the next scene, we see her as a teenager and we see, we get to see the scene from the trailer where she um, takes down the bell tower. Yeah. Or where she, she shoots the, uh, she shoots the bell tower and it actually falls down. Um, And she's, we see that that's her first time showing us that she's actually skilled archer before um, any of this, any of the show happens. So I think that's really interesting that they didn't really dive into uh, her past as an archer, but I think it's uh, it's good that we don't have to go that deep back into the past, and we still get a connection with the character. Oh yeah, and I definitely think it's it's a good it's a good starting point because they can continue to show peaks of it throughout the series, um, and hopefully we get more than one season with these two, uh, just with the possible stories in the comics that they could use as source material. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's definitely, depending on how these six episodes go, um, I think there's definitely possibility for a new season. I think that this would be a good show to have a new season of, I think we're really getting a new side of Clint Barton. And I think people are, anyone who didn't like him before is really going to start seeing him as a, a really good character in the MCU. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, did you have any highlights on episode two? Episode two. Um, yes. Um, so. Uh, we actually get a very interesting scene. Um, we get the scene from the trailer where um, Clint is in the medieval LARPing community and let me say that Marvel does like a really good job of like being respectful to the LARPing community, the live action role-playing community as they, uh, they show us how serious they take it, but how much that Clint Barton, as he's a superhero, as he just, it was not a challenge for him. So he's there, he's there to get his Ronin suit back. He gets it. And then we get a glimpse of a guy named Grills who, to be honest, he gets like a little too much screen time to not be coming back. So I'm uh, I'm interested to see if we see grills in the future. And we also see uh, the pizza dog who has no name yet, but we uh, can assume that the dog's name is Lucky. Yes. Um, we have some interesting stuff about... Uh, Eleanor, Kate's mom, she has a new boyfriend who uh, we learned is she's actually engaged to. Um, his name is Jack Duquesne, who Kate does not trust at all. She uh, keeps calling him out when they're hanging out. She just keeps saying that she doesn't trust him. So she meets at a party. She finds Ar- Armand Duquesne, who is Jack's grandfather. And Jack's grandfather is yelling at her mom. So Kate follows him and uh, he finds Jack and Armand in the middle of a, what seems to be like a black market auction house. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, I the end of episode two, she's uh basically trying to prove to her mom that uh Jack's not a good guy. Her mom really doesn't believe her, and uh, she takes him, she makes him fence, and uh, she basically goes for his head, and Jack smacks the sword away, and she tried to use that as proof of him being a bad guy, which her mom obviously dismissed. Yeah, so that yeah that, that was really interesting and uh we did see um so i'll go in a little more in depth on that uh that auction house because uh that was in episode one so uh we see in the auction house uh we get the ronin this is the first time we see the ronin suit and uh we see Jack and uh, Armand, they go on a little bit of a bidding war and it seems like they have a little bit of hostility towards each other. And it seems like Armand's going to win the Ronin suit before the, uh, before the, the wall gets blown out. And we uh, later find out that that's the tracksuit mafia. And they stole a watch that uh, was being sold from the Avengers compound which uh, was being shipped to the Avengers compound because Stark Tower had recently been sold. Mm. Okay, okay. Which I think we'll go uh, a little bit more in depth to in a little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't think there's really more about... There's... Mm, there's a couple more really good scenes in Hawkeye, but I know you didn't get a chance to catch it yet. I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't, but those are the, honestly the best, the most influential scenes to me. Okay. Okay. And uh, I guess we'll kind of go over the Avengers Tower being bought. Uh, I have a list of seven possible buyers. Um, I'm just going to kind of list off the seven possible buyers and then we'll kind of go and rank um, them in order from seven to one, uh, least likely to most likely. So at number one, you know, we have Oscorp, of course, bringing all these multiverse villains. We're, we're seeing Green Goblin, um, you know, just the possibility of even thinking about you know, Norman Osborn buying the Avengers Tower. It's kind of tricky to say um, just because we have not seen the Norman Osborn in in this iteration of the MCU. We're seeing a previous version of him, but obviously we know that's not going to be the version to buy the Avengers Tower. Um, so for me, I'm going to say that's the least likely. At least it won't be Willem Dafoe. But it is possible that we will see a version of Green Goblin that does buy the tower. Um, another option could be Val uh, and the Dark Avengers. Uh, we could be seeing, you know, the form formation of the Thunderbolts. Uh, we could be seeing the Dark Avengers. Uh, I think that's a real possibility, you know, with the yeah, manpower that they have. Um, I think that's a really good possibility. Yeah, especially with Ross, 
um, Ross and his power that he has financially and um, military-wise. Uh, another possibility is the Baxter building. You know, it could be Reed Richards. You know, that's something that, you know, we've already got confirmation on the production of the Fantastic Four. We know they're coming. We know it's in full pursuit. We have not gotten anything about casting, but we know who the director is. We know who's writing. And I we think know that's he. Yeah. I think that's everyone's uh, hopes and dreams. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that that's my that's my biggest hope that it is, you know, the <laughs> Fantastic Four. Me too, man. Me too. Um, another option could be Swart. We've seen them in WandaVision. Uh, we're going to see them in Secret Invasion. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of Sword, you know, with Shield being dismantled. Uh, this is, you know, who we have to watch out for as far as an agency. Um, if we're not worried about Ross, we're worried about Sword. Uh, so I definitely think that that could be a possibility. Um, Roxxon. Uh, it's very unlikely that we do see Roxxon being the main one. But due to the comics, it could be a sleeper. Um, it could definitely be one of the bigger power players um, as far as, you know, a new corporation coming into the MCU. And yeah, I think uh, I think that's a that would be like a real sleeper because uh, based on the scale of the MCU right now, mm -hmm. that would be like a big rock song would have a big part in what's going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It definitely could be, and they could be a big power player. Definitely, and it would widen the storytelling as well. Um, yeah, we could all, that could also bring in an uh, introduction to one of our uh, favorite Spider-Man that uh, oh, yeah. we don't hear a lot about in the rumors. Yeah, and it could also, it could also, you know be a part of that cosmic uh as well as that you know the space level threats that that you know that we're kind of seeing more of um due to the owner and the ceo of rocks on energy being a minotaur you know yeah um definitely could be a power a power scale shift uh another one that i'm really interested in seeing is aim Oh, yeah, that that's that's a big, a big possibility. Um, yeah, that would really that'd be a good setup. That'd be a really good setup. Oh, yes. Uh, Miss Marvel show. And with the idea that Jim Carrey is possibly being rumored as MODOK in the MCU, I would definitely want to see AIM as well. Um, it's definitely in my top three personally. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely love to see that. Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely with, with, in the forms of medium that we could see it as well. We could see it in Disney Plus shows. We could see it in shorts. We could see it in films. You know, there's different mediums that you can put AIM in, as well as even cartoons. You know, I know that they're creating this whole uh, cartoon division base at the MCU, uh, especially with the success of What If?, um, so oh yeah, yeah, yeah! They're bringing back um, the animated X Men. Then we got a season two of What If and that new Spider Man. 
Oh yes, they're going hard oh. on the animation this year. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, so it's very exciting, and aim is very important to what they've done uh, previously, animation wise. Um, and probably the last one I want to say is the Midnight Suns. You know, it's very difficult to project this, and it's it's not very realistic due to them saying that it's already been bought and the midnight suns you know not even being able to be formed we're just getting an introduction on moon Knight. you know we haven't seen blade yet as far as this new version this new iteration we haven't seen the punisher officially in the mcu we've seen them on netflix but you know that's a different universe um have not seen Ghostface. I mean, sorry, Ghost Rider. Excuse me. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen any other potential members of the Midnight Suns. So it's a long shot, but it is a possibility. We can't necessarily wipe it away because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, maybe Doctor Strange gets it in. Okay. You know, going forward, we see some form of the Midnight Suns, and that's their base. Um, um, one that you didn't mention that uh, I actually think is the most likely for me is uh, I think he has so many ties to uh, different comic book characters, and uh, he could really meet uh, any hero from Kate Bishop to Spider Man, any hero in New York is a uh, fist tower. I'd really like to see that. I think we could see that in season one of Hawkeye, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree. Um, I really want to see how they tie in possibly Fisk, um, how they tie it in with Hawkeye, possibly tying him to New York and then, you know, bringing him into the Spider-Man universe and thus yeah. bringing possibly Daredevil. Um, yeah, I was just going to say if the rumors are true about Daredevil, that would be great for uh, to have both of those characters come at the MCU at the same time. Yeah, it would definitely be an exciting time, especially for the Netflix and Daredevil fans. Um, just to kind of see their, you know, essentially their hard work come to fruition, you know, especially them, you know, begging the MCU to introduce this form of Daredevil. And um, the actor that plays Fisk, you know, he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, it's just, you know, something that everybody really wants to see. I'm even intrigued by it. And, you know, I'm just really excited to see these forms of heroes getting the opportunity to share the big screen, um, you know, after being on the small screen for so long. They've gotten their shine, but they haven't gotten their due. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so really, you know, we can start to rank those, you know, one through seven. Um, for me, you know, the most likely, even though, you know, we haven't seen them completely. Number one, the most likely to me is the Baxter building. Um, I just think it's the most realistic. It makes the most sense from a storytelling perspective. We know they're coming. We may even know that they've been here all along, whether they've been in the quantum realm or, you know, they just didn't have their powers. Um, it's very possible that, you know, they've been here all along. Um, number two for me is Sword. 
very possible them being the next power shifting agency. Don't have shield anymore. Ford needs a new base. Um, and really, I think they're, I think they weren't just meant for WandaVision. Uh, we obviously know that with the secret invasion, but I think they're going to show them even more. Um, for me, the third one, and, you know, definitely a possible big power player is AIM. Um, it's just, you know, the history of AIM and the connection with the Avengers, it's just canny. You know, it's very, very, very important that we see AIM eventually. Um, and I definitely think that's possible that they set up their base in New York. Um, four, I would probably say Val and the Dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts, uh, just because it makes sense. Uh, it would be kind of ironic for them to be in the Avengers Tower. They could also have some comedic relief in doing that and making a bunch of jokes about that. Um, and I just think it just goes hand in hand together, but I don't think it's the most likely just because you know, we may not see um, a culmination of that sort just for them to get laughs and giggles out of. Um, five, I would probably say Roxxon. I probably have it lower because it's just very difficult for them to pull that type of thing in so easily. And if it were to be Roxxon, it would be on a bigger scale and I think it would be more cosmic level. I don't think it would be on this ground based level that, you know, characters like Spider-Man and Hawkeye, even though Spider-Man is a powerful character, you know, he's your neighborhood friendly Spider-Man, you know, these ground level superheroes worrying about Roxxon, you know, these possible cosmic level entities. Um, Six, I would say Norman Osborn, just because we may not see Willem Dafoe after this next Spider-Man movie, and I don't know how they'll introduce Oscorp. And seven, I would probably say the Midnight Suns, just because the only member of the Midnight Suns that we've seen thus far is Dr. Strange. So that's the biggest long shot, in my opinion. And that's how it makes sense to me in that order. What do you think? Um, here, I'll give you my, uh, my list out of the ones you gave. I think I added one I have. I got at number one is Fist Tower. I think uh, for me, that just makes uh, the most sense for what Hawkeye is looking at right now with the uh, tracksuit mafia and uh, more of like the thug level uh, criminals instead of uh, super villains. Um, number two, I would put the Baxter building um, only because, man, I'm just hoping that it that's what it is. Uh, honestly, uh, I think it makes sense for uh, the Fantastic Four movie if they, uh, depending on when they give us a release for that. Um, third, I'd put AIM. 
I think that'd be a really good release for a uh, Miss Marvel show, for the Miss Marvel show. I know Miss Marvel was supposed to come out um, around this time, around September, October um, of this uh, of this year. So uh, we're not getting that because of all the delays that happened in uh, COVID. So that would have been a good addition to add to have. Um, next, I'd have the Thunderbolts or the Dark Avengers. I think uh, same thing with you. Um, I think that'd be a lot of comedic relief for uh, for the MCU. I think they uh, really thrive on that. So, I mean, if they do decide to go that way, then uh, props to them. Next, I have Sword. And uh, honestly, I don't really think that it would be Sword. But if it was Sword, I think that they would go for something mainstream, like a huge tower in, uh, in New York City. Um, but right now I know they're really low profile. And, uh, last time we saw Nick Fury, he was on the sword ship, uh, uh, and he was directing things. So we'll have to see what they do with that. Uh, next on the list, I have Roxxon. Um, the only reason I put Roxxon up here is, uh, uh, I just assumed that the Stark tower has some type of arc reactor powering it. And I know Roxxon does a lot with the, uh, energy. So would be interesting to see what they could do with that next i have oscorp um honestly i think it's pretty unlikely that they put oscorp in for anything if it's a uh, if it's shown in the hawkeye show it's definitely not oscorp but if we get it in a different show there's a or a movie it's a possibility it's a tall tower it looks like a building a big oscorp could go on or a big o so i mean that's very interesting and then Glass is the Midnight Suns, and uh, I think that's just, uh, I think, if anything, that they'd probably be in the Sanctum, just because uh, I don't see what the uh, what the Avengers Tower would hold for them. Also, I know Doctor Strange doesn't have a lot of money because he didn't want to pay for Wong's sandwich that one time. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm just thinking, uh, for me, when when I think about how much money these you know these characters supposedly would make, um, I just go back and reference. Um, I believe it was Hawkeye. I believe it was Hawkeye that was saying um, that they get paid as Avengers, um, and certain things like healthcare, certain things like healthcare. Or I believe it was like healthcare, and they joked about like dental or something that they get yeah um but you know i we don't you know we don't really exactly hear a figure but we kind of get you know an answer that they do get paid for being avengers um so you know just thinking about it like okay dr strange in an avenger you know maybe he was getting paid or maybe that is or yeah we do know um previously uh when they did live in the stark tower or avengers compound that uh uh, Tony Stark was pretty much paying for everything in the Stark Tower. Yeah. And the Avengers compound. So they didn't really have to worry about that. But um, it, I'd like to see how they uh, go about that now that they're gone. Um, I know in WandaVision, Wanda and Vision bought a house before, uh, before all the events of what happened. But mm-hmm. that just shows they had, a, they had a little more money. They were also an apartment uh, in Infinity War. Yeah. So they had a high scale one. A little thing. Yeah. So so they have 
uh, either if it's just vision doing something or her manipulating someone or something, but they have the ability, uh, Wanda and vision have the ability to, uh, to purchase something if they need to. Well, we're going to move on from Hawkeye now. Um, what were your initial thoughts on the Spider-Man trailer? Um, first of all, um, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was well worth the wait. I really wish that they showed if Toby and Andrew in the movie, I really wish that they showed them in the trailer. Uh, I really think that we said uh, box office numbers for them and really would have just brought more hype to the movie in general. But uh, I think a lot of fans were disappointed they weren't in it, but I think they were really happy with what we got. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, for me, I definitely wanted to see Toby and Andrew, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad I didn't because that moment of going to see that film the day it comes out and you finally see them, you know, you're never going to get that moment back. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm saying I wish it wasn't a rumor because I want to know because it is a rumor, but yeah. I don't want to know because I want to have the moment. Yeah, I def and I definitely think, you know, people like Feige and the producers and, you know, every all the editors, I think they have an idea of, you know, what the fans expect at this point. And um, they kind of have a pulse of what, you know, the fans want in general. Um, they definitely know that we want to see them in that, but also they have an understanding of how to create moments when we watch these films. You know, you look back on Infinity War and Endgame, you know, when you see Black Panther come out of that portal and, you know, say Wakanda forever, you know, you get chills and you see all of the heroes come out all at once. And then you hear them say Avengers Assemble, you know, you don't you don't you don't get that same reaction from watching a trailer than you do seeing it in that film. So I just think, you know, getting the opportunity to finally see it in film, it just builds up anticipation as well because we didn't get to see it. You know, everybody's like, you know, I, I need to see it. I need to see that moment. You know, when when you go into that movie and you finally see it. And your whole theater erupts. It's just going to be an amazing feeling again to finally be in theaters again with multiple people, you know, with COVID going down with that whole situation. Um, just being able to enjoy going to that film is going to be a big deal, you know. Yeah, I think um, I think this film has like a ton of potential. I think it's a. Uh coming out right at the perfect time. Um, people are going to be home for the holidays. Uh, people want to see this movie. Like this is, this is, has almost in a, an end game level hype. If not, I'd say more. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, just from the social media, you know, just from seeing what it's done for fandom wire, you know, shout out to fandom wire. Um, it's just been, you know, something that has been so tremendously active online, whether it be leaks, theories, um, people talking about trailers, um, you know, just people having discourse about who their favorite Spider-Man is, what their favorite suit is, you know, it's just like, wow, you know, it's just leaving everybody in awe. Um, I think it's really good, you know, to have that, 
build the comic book community again as well, because, you know, a lot of people have conflict over certain shows, over certain movies, but to just see everybody come into agreement over, you know, dropping the whole, I love this Spider-Man, I love this Spider-Man, and everybody's going to see all three of them. You know, it's just a great thing to see. Yeah, I think if all three of them are in it, it'll it'll really be uh, a fan favorite for everyone to have all three Spider-Man in one film. I know if all three of them are in it, uh, I finally have to uh, be able to stop watching uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 all the time. I'll just be able to watch No Way Home. <laughs> well, now I don't have to ask who your favorite Spider-Man is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, definitely Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I think, uh, I think for me, he really uh, captured like the... Uh, the Peter Parker that that was getting into trouble and who didn't have any money and uh, really took on the responsibility of becoming Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we really missed out on that with uh, with Tom Holland, Spider-Man, with not seeing his backstory. Really, he was already just a hero. But I think we're really going to get, uh, get more into that with the new Disney Plus show that was announced. So uh, I'm excited for that. Oh, yeah. I got to ask one thing, though. What did you think about seeing that lizard being hit by an invisible person? Um, first off, whoever is the editor in Brazil is a hundred percent fired. But I think um, I think it was pretty crazy. Um, I've seen people say that it was Green Goblin and uh and Doc Ock going the other way because we don't see them in the final fight um and i think the most likely scenario is toby and andrew obviously just because it's a it's a jumping scene and i don't see the two main villains uh that we see in the trailer that we've seen in trailers uh teaming up with them but uh it's a long movie we might see that so Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts um i have heard theories of doc ock actually helping spider-man I have not heard anything about the Green Goblin, but I have heard that Doc Ock could potentially be helping Spider-Man in this film. So um, just to hear that, um, that people think Green Goblin and Doc Ock are the people jumping, it's very interesting. Um, You could say that it could be Doc Ock um, punching the lizard because it would, from from a mechanical standpoint, the punch going sideways you could say oh it could be one of his claws and they edited him out but i don't think personally that it's going to be that route um i honestly do think that they're going to have all three spider-man and all three of them will be in that scene um i think um if that was a possibility um we do see in the trailer that uh it looks like Doc Ock takes uh, some nanotech from Spider-Man's suit and uh, puts it on his arms. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know a big uh, problem with uh, Doc Ock in the past was being able to control his arms without uh, going crazy. And if the nanotech is a new technology that allows him to do that without uh, losing his mind, then maybe that would uh, cause him to not be a villain anymore. But that's the only possibility I could think of.
Yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to be all three of them. Um, I just don't see – I definitely don't see Green Goblin, you know, helping Tom Holland. You know, maybe if it was Toby as the main Spidey, I could listen to that theory, but I don't. I don't see Green Goblin sim, sim, uh, sympathizing with Tom, um, nor trying to help them, uh, especially with the way if if these characters remember how they died, which is is it is a rumor that they remember how they died, or that they just you know have a vengeance against peter um i just don't see green goblin helping any form of peter um but i do want to get into who you think the sixth villain is if we have a sinister six um so realistically i'm really hoping for venom um i think it's possible i think uh the Venom post credit scene definitely takes place before Doctor Strange casts his spell to make people forget that he's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leaves a lot of time for, for uh, him to show up at any point. But um, if it's not him, um, uh, I can't really see Vulture. So honestly, I'll, I'll say Venom. Okay. Me? I'm probably going to say Venom or Rhino just because we have gotten confirmation that there will be a Rhino series from Sony. Um, I don't think that they would invest in a Rhino and Sandman series if they didn't see good performances from them in No Way Home. And with we know Sandman is in No Way Home. So... With that implication, we haven't seen Rhino in any of the trailers. I think Rhino may be that sixth villain, even though it may not be as exciting as saying Venom. I think he may be realistically the sixth villain. And they just kind of have been stringing us along to make us think, oh, is it is it this or is it this? I think it'll be a disappointment for most people if it is Rhino. But I also think if if we have Paul Giamatti, which was the actor in Amazing Spider-Man 2. If, if we do have him playing Rhino, I think he may give a phenomenal performance. So Yeah, I think he the, was a great Rhino. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I would love to see that. I just don't see... Uh, I see um, more of like these heroes uh, fighting high up, so I don't see um him being able to really get that um advantage unless um he had help from another character but uh i would really like to see that to be honest yeah i I would really i would love to see venom in this film Uh, i'm just trying to you know kind of make it make sense at the same time just because of what sony has done and their implications um you know, I don't think you green light a series for a character that you haven't shown. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the film is so long. Like, we have so much possibility for to see so much. We could see seven characters, and they might make a joke out of it. Like, we, yeah. we could see five, and we could they could make a joke out of it. it. There's so much possibility for the MCU. 
they they do so much. Oh yeah. Um I I definitely think that it could be Rhino or Venom. And if it is Venom, I don't think he's going to get as much screen time as we expect, but the screen time that he does get will be phenomenal. I think I and he may even be on Spidey's side in that fight that we see where the lizard gets punched. He may be the person doing the punch. So it's very possible that we could see either Venom or Rhino playing a minimal or a larger role, either one of them, if they are the same. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Tom Hardy's Venom uh, uh, deserves to uh, meet a Spider-Man at this point. Mm-hmm. Even the best to beat th- all three of them at once. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Uh, have you seen the arc reactor on Jamie Foxx's Electro? I actually have, and I think that's a pretty interesting. Um, so the arc reactor, it looks like it's stabilizing Jamie Fo- Jamie Foxx's Electro, but um to me um from my understanding the arc reactor is usually powering something instead of receiving power mm-hmm. so i'm interested on uh how they explain how he's using that um as a corporation in a suit what are your thoughts yeah i think it'll be very important to see um is this stolen tech is this an electro from a different a different universe or a different timeline um, you know, just trying to explain how he looks different. I'm very interested to see how they say he went from having, you know, blue lightning to yellow lightning. I thought it was very iconic of how they kind of did this flash of showing his iconic mask. Um, yeah, I thought that was great. I thought that was phenomenal. I thought the editing team and the VFX team did a great job with that scene. Um, I thought it was perfect. I, I really can't wait to see that in film. When I go to see it, I, I'm just very excited to see how they explain it as well. Um, however they make sense of it, I'm okay with. Um, because, you know, it is a multiverse at this point. Um, but I would just like to get, you know, a little clarification on why he needs an arc reactor, why he looks different, um, why he has hair. Because if anybody remembers in Amazing Spider-Man, he did not have hair. You know, he had like a toupee, if you if you want to say that's how he was. Yeah, and um, his, uh, it looks like he got a, um, a teeth job. Oh, yeah, a teeth job, a hair job, the whole nine. He looks like Jamie Foxx, really, just turned <laughs> yeah. into Electro. Um, I think that's really interesting. Um, I think they could show us that he's from a different timeline. Um, I just want to see how they display it. And I'm really excited to see what they do with the character as well. Um, But I definitely want to see how they explain the arc reactor and how powerful Electro is compared to the Amazing Spider-Man version. Yeah. So uh, I got to ask you, what are your uh, thoughts on we got our, our first look at real look at the uh, Green Goblin suit in the trailer? Um, what are your thoughts on that? 
man, I loved the detail. I loved how it was kind of somewhat of a replica, but also modernized. Um, just on how, you know, comic book suits and the way that they've kind of done them in film have evolved. Um, there's more realism with it, but also more um, comic book accuracy. Uh, and I think they've done a good job of finding that balance while also paying homage to that trilogy um, and showing, you know, that form of the Green Goblin in film. Um, I really enjoyed how they de depicted it. And I also appreciate how they showed it in the uh, the posters that they've kind of put up, the teaser poster as well as the poster that they have for it. Uh, what, what were your initial thoughts? Um, I thought it looked really good. I thought it looked uh, really reminiscent of what we saw in the first Spider-Man film. Um, I really liked the touch-ups that they did. I thought it looked a lot more glossy. I thought the helmet looked a, a lot better. I thought it looked really cool. Um, I really can't wait to uh, see William Defoe as the Goblin again. I know he's a really eerie character, so uh, um, I can't wait to hear all the quotes we're going to get from him uh, this time around. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be very interesting. We're going to see how they work the dialogue. Um, I also want to say that I loved how they uh, showed how Doc Ock recognized that that wasn't his Peter. Um, that was very important to see that moment. But it's also going to be very important to see when we watch the film and see how that conversation unfolds. Um, because it could show us, you know, Doc Ock becoming a positive in the film or, you know, just remaining a villain in the film. Um, and also seeing how they kind of explained to Doctor Strange that all of them have to die by Spider-Man. You know, that's their fate. Um, I think it's a very interesting concept and uh, definitely can't wait to see how they unfold those relationships as well. Yeah, I think it's uh, very interesting that uh, Spider-Man is going against what uh, Doctor Strange is saying, because we know from uh, from Endgame the last time um, the Sorcerer Supreme, she uh, she told Hulk when she when he went back in time that it was impossible and then he proved her wrong. So uh, we might see that type of moment in uh, this movie where Spider-Man proves Doctor Strange wrong and these characters might actually not have to die. Yeah. And that could be interesting for the MCU with these characters being able to remain. Yeah, and that'd be a great lead up to uh, Sandman and that Rhino show. Because uh, we do know, we don't uh that those are coming out. So that'd be a great iteration for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to kind of move on from Spider-Man. I know we have a lot to talk about with him, but I think we'll definitely have that on the next episode, on the next episode following that as far as the premiere of Spider-Man Way Home. Uh, but... Let's kind of talk about Ant-Man Quantumania for a moment. Um, we just found out that filming has wrapped up. Uh, do you have any initial theories on Ant-Man Quantumania? Um, I don't have many theories. I know we have um, 
our two main actors from the both of the first films coming back, uh, Paul Rudd and, and Evelyn Jolie. Um, uh, I know um, Jonathan Majors is to return as King the Conqueror, so I'm really interested in that. Um, I really don't know where they're going to take it, but I, I'm really excited for it. I can say that. Okay. My initial theory is this is going to be a Young Avengers formation film, kind of similar to how they've done Captain America Civil War. Um, I think this is the prime location for them to do it. We have gotten leaks or teasers as far as stature being officially announced in this film. Um, we're meeting Kate Bishop. We've met Elijah Bradley. We've met Wiccan and Speed. You know, the multiverse is colliding. We don't know whether um, Wanda is involved in Spider-Man No Way Home, whether she's controlling Doctor Strange, um, whether she's trying to find a way. We know that she has the dark hold. We know she's trying to find a universe where her children are alive. So, um, I definitely think there's a possibility that something crazy happens and all of these kids come together. We know that America Chavez is going to be in Dark and Strange Multiverse of Madness. Um, we know that she's possibly going to be a Young Avenger. So I think this is going to be a kind of a lead up to a Young Avengers film. We may not see the entire lineup, but I do think we see the core of the lineup in this film. Um, and that they help Ant-Man and Wasp, possibly a young Kang as well, defeat Kang the Conqueror in this film. Now, I don't think that Kang is going to die in this, but I do think he is going to retreat. And I say that because this version of Kang is a completely different version of the, you know, the all-powerful one that we see in Loki. Um, this one is going to be more strategic. He's going to be... Um, He's going to be very evil. He's going to be very conniving. Um, and we're going to yeah, see, we the see more than one aspect Kang. of it. I'm sorry. Uh, we might see more than one Kang. Yeah, we may. Yeah, I, I definitely think we could see a young version of Kang as well. Um, we definitely could see Iron Lad. We may not see him until Young Avengers, but it's definitely a possibility to see him. Um, there's been rumors of Hulkling being. In a future MCU show. Um, and we've heard rumors of Wicked and Speed being back sooner rather than later. So definitely think that Ant-Man Quantumania could be that film to kind of jumpstart a whole hype train on the Young Avengers. And we could see six of them kind of showing a formation similar to the Young the the Avengers lineup that we had before. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. So I have a question for you. Um, out of all the MCU projects that are announced or unannounced, that are unofficially announced, um, which is your favorite or what are you more excited to come, which are you most excited to come out? Um, the one I'm most excited for, honestly, has to be the Fantastic. Um, I love the original films with Jessica Alba and Chris Evans, um, that whole, you know, film franchise. But I do think that the MCU could one-up it 
you know, potentially to an even greater degree, um, create more anthology uh, and just do even more justice to the characters as well as, you know, give us a full branch timeline where we see the full development of Dr. Doom. You know, we see the full development of Reed Richards. We possibly see Franklin Richards, you know, him being um, the most powerful character in the MCU possibly. Um, you know, definitely tie in Agatha Harkness. Um, yeah. You know, there's so many possibilities that you can do with the Fantastic Four. Uh, definitely having, you know, a possible Spider-Man crossover or a Human Torch and Spider-Man crossover. Uh, and do cartoon series with these characters. You can, you know, it's going to sell a lot of action figures. You know, it's, it's going to do so much yeah. for the MCU that, you know, nobody's even talking about currently even from a merchandise standpoint. So uh, I'm just very excited for a, a Fantastic Four film. And they're probably my favorite characters outside of Black Panther and Spider-Man. Um, yeah. What what film are you excited for? Um, so this might be a hot take. <laughs> But uh, I'd say the film that I'm more, most excited for that is uh, kind of unofficially announced is uh, Deadpool 3. Um, I really like Brian Reynolds as Deadpool, and I'm just really, really waiting for uh, kind of for someone, one of the characters to break the fourth wall in the MCU. I think it's kind of been teased a little bit, but uh, I've been waiting for it to really happen. I think uh, Deadpool does a really good job at that. and. Uh, I think he'll really finally get his uh his shot with the X-Men now. Now they uh the Deadpool movies will have the same budget as the X-Men films. Now they're both going to be in the MCU. Oh yeah. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited to see a Deadpool film as well as the X-Men being introduced. You know, the whole idea of the mutants, Franklin Richards, Deadpool. That whole idea and that whole concept is very, very, very intriguing to me. And it's something that um, I believe every MCU fan can say that, you know, that they're excited for just being able to see everything come together. You know, we've seen Spider-Man coming to the MCU back. We're going to see the Fantastic Four and to finally see the X-Men, you know, we're, they're building up for mutants. Um, I think to just see all of that culminate. And to also have a character like Deadpool who can break the fourth wall, come into the franchise. I think it'll do wonders. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, really big for the MCU. Uh, I think what they did with the Avengers was uh, really great in Guardians of the Galaxy and all the groups that they had uh, a hold of. But I think they're really, uh, they're really on a new level now, really going uh, more wide scale with uh, what Marvel Comics really has to offer. Mm -hmm. All right. Did you have any other topics to discuss today, Elijah? Um, no, I think I'm pretty, I think we covered most of the things that we had gotten into, most of the important things that we've gotten into. Well, with that, I'm going to conclude our episode of Cinema Review. Uh, I'll go ahead and 
brought my socials. You can follow me on all platforms at 90210Toriano. That's 90210T-O-R-I-O-N-O. And you can go ahead and drop your socials if you would like, Elijah. Uh, you guys can find me at Optical Cinema on all socials as well. Um, Optical Cinema, no spaces. Um, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, wherever you guys have it. All right. You all follow Cinema Reviewed as well as Fandom Wire if you aren't following us on Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook. You can find us anywhere where you can find your local podcast. Thank you all for enjoying Cinema Reviewed. We're out. Thank you, guys. <laughs>